Hello, brothers and sisters. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad to be back here with you. It's been a little while, been crazy busy. I know everybody's got a story, but I'm glad that uh, summer is here. But get ready for the busy time of the year. I know a lot of people are ready to take breaks, and I'm glad that uh, many of our teachers are getting off and things. But thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for your comments. I shared a little deal on my personal Facebook page and had a lot of comments. Thank you for, I, I do intend to go through those and get to many of those topics. But one of the things that I want to talk about on this episode that I've really been doing some other study on lately, and uh, which is discipleship and, and men. Mentorship. And thank you, Tony, for mentioning that. But it's kind of been in the thrust of some things that I've been teaching anyway and looking into and getting more, uh, even in the church, a more organized uh, system and way to do this. But discipleship something that we've talked about in the church since the day, uh, near literally the day, the week after I got saved, it began to be what was on my heart. And I think it's a huge part of the, every church uh, works at some types of discipleship. Some do it different ways. Some have systems in place and some do it more naturally, uh, but that they communicate those systems uh, to the people better. Others, it just kind of gets done. But I want to kind of talk about as far as an individual, uh, not just in the church, but individually, because that's where it begins. We can, we can talk, teach and we can share uh, it's like one uh, guy said, I can't remember who said it, but he said, you know, a vision, uh, it, it cannot be taught, but it has to be caught. And that's the same way with discipleship. You you can't, you can teach on it and teach on it and teach on it, but until you go and do it, it, it it's difficult to, 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 to put underway, if you will. In other words, uh, I think a lot of times in church and a lot of times in Christians, we talk about discipleship. But like my old friend Dave used to say, he said, you know, there's there's a time to cut bait and there's a time to fish. And, and I think we talk a lot about discipleship, but what practical ways, that's what I want to share here, some practical things we can do to begin doing discipleship or receiving discipleship. And one of the first things I think is that and when I think about discipleship, I think about the natural part of discipleship that I think most Christians that have given their life to the Lord, they've really gotten a hold of. And it's, it's in 1 Peter 3.15, it says to, to be ready to give testimony of the hope that is within us. And I think that's the basic start of discipleship, that you're ready to testify in the goodness of God and what he's doing in your life. And I don't want to overlook that because that many times happens naturally. And I know most people that I know that have made a decision to follow Jesus, they have shared a testimony. And that's the start of discipleship. It's starting sharing what did God do in your life. But it, it doesn't end there, but it begins there. And I think if you're a new convert, a new Christian, you've just made a decision for the Lord, then you it, it's something that you need to be doing is sharing your testimony. Begin discipling others and saying, hey, here's what God's done in my life. And your testimony is going to help disciple and when I say disciple, it may even see you may even see people converted, but that's the beginning. But you know, I begin to think about how to discipleship and 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 how to discipleship. I think we find in uh, Philippians two seven, and Paul said, but but he emptied himself. He's talking about Jesus, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And I think that's the idea that we have to have when it comes to discipleship, uh, that we have to take the form of a servant and humble ourselves because discipleship can be very humbling. And it's one thing to disciple, and it's another thing to be humble to receive discipleship. I tell people all the time, you got to pick at least one person to trust. You know, God's a good start. But then after that, you need to pick a person to trust. And 
I think discipleship, a lot of us take for granted the things we've learned in church, the thing we've learned maybe in our families, but you have to be ready to empty yourself out to disciple other people. And emptying yourself out, part of that is, is I see zeal for God and I love it. Man, I would rather have zeal than have nothing because people get excited. They want to serve God. They want to do a lot of things. They want to stay busy. Those are good things. But I think really in discipleship, you have to be willing to study, willing to humble yourself, to slow yourself down, to open your Bible to turn on a podcast, to turn on uh, teaching. Uh, audiobooks is a, is a wonderful tool that I've used to study. And I'm part on the Amazon deal, uh, Prime deal, and I get so many credits a, a month, three or four a month that are free, so I download these audiobooks. But I've really made it a point in my life to study the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I think that's an important part is that discipleship that we learn that we have to study the word of God. You know, I've, I've changed my life uh, over a simple principle of deciding to disciple people uh, years ago, probably a year after I was saved, I decided I'm going to spend three or four hours a week working and I block scheduled. I'm a big block scheduler. And I said, I'm going to use at that time. It was Tuesday nights. I'm going to counsel. I'm going to help. At one time, I didn't have an office. I used an office. I, I, I was at Brahms a lot. I've went to different restaurants. And, and, I, and, and, you know, now I don't use the office a lot now. But my point is, is I set some time apart and said on Tuesday nights from, from 6 o'clock or whenever I got off work, sometimes 5, sometimes 6, sometimes 7 to 9 o'clock. And, and in an emergency, but between 9 and 10, I would meet with people. And I would set times up. I would set meetings. And discipleship can be as you go in discipleship. But really, it's hard when you see someone at church and talking to them five minutes after church to disciple them. A lot of discipleship I do takes, takes you know, we eat when I disciple. And that's good. But you need to set time up in your schedule that you say, I can disciple someone. You know, it's it, but but you got to be willing to also, if you don't have someone to disciple, to study. Sometimes God doesn't have anybody in front of us to disciple because we don't have anything to disciple them with. We don't we don't have any study tools, and and we're constantly building our tool belt of what to use with people. And I mean, I, that was one of the things. Whenever I went to a Christian counseling, it was a, just a, a small uh, little non-accredited degree that I got, but but I enjoyed it because we studied the Word of God so much. And for a couple of years, I went on Saturdays for five and. Six Six hours and it was very reasonable uh and and i ended up getting 120 hours in that and and i learned these bible stories and and you know people say well yeah you're a counselor well really that's discipleship i mean yes counseling is a step deeper than discipleship but a lot of the things that i still share with people they're pretty practical discipleship things and, and many times now when I have people that I help, I send them to other counselors. I'm not afraid of that. Our church pays for counseling for people that go to our church to go to other people that need longer term stuff. But I do counsel people. But but still, a lot of what I'm talking about, uh, this discipleship is the studying the things, studying uh, the soul, the mind, the will and the emotions and how people respond. And discipleship is teaching people to pray. Discipleship is teaching people the word of God. Sometimes I've decided people through things as I'm studying things. And what I've learned is as I, as I set time to study the show of self approved unto God, and it says this in second Timothy two fifteen, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's hard to disciple when you don't get an overall grasp of what the word of God is. Now, listen, if you're, here's the deal about discipleship. 
You don't have to be 10 years ahead of them. You don't have to have a bachelor. You don't have to have your doctorate. You don't have to have any schooling. But what you do have to do to disciple someone else is just be one step ahead of them. If you were saved last week and you come to someone that's never been saved, you're ready to see someone saved. You're ready to see someone born again and to help them. If you were baptized, you made a decision to follow the Lord in baptism through obedience of the scriptures, and you understand that, you're ready to disciple someone else to be baptized. You don't have to be years ahead of them, but you do need to be a day ahead of them or an hour ahead of them because you have more information than they have. Now, there, there, are, there are exceptions to that rule, but the point is, is, is we just need to be a step ahead or understand the scriptures just a little bit more in areas. The other day I was ministering, and, and, I, I, and, and a person reminded me of something in the scripture. You know, I'm not a theologian. But, you, know, you know that if you listen to these podcasts, but the point is, is I, you just have to know something and be a step ahead, and you're going to make mistakes. But I encourage you to disciple, to study, to block schedule some time out a year, uh, an hour, maybe. maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's two hours, and say, I'm not going to do it. I didn't go to football games, baseball games, and my kids, nothing. I said, I'm going to use this time, and if I did have to do it, because there was exception to the rule, I would schedule that then on Thursday night. And, and so that's the part I see in people in discipleship. There's no, sometimes a small group is a wonderful place to be discipling people. Sometimes a scheduled uh, breakfast time with brothers and sisters. I know a guy at, the, the, at our bank, he's the banker, and uh, he has a, a, a study once a week at 5 a.m. Now, that's not probably one that I would want to attend a lot. I don't like getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, but he goes at 5 a.m., before his workout and he goes there and he has to be at the bank about eight o'clock and they do it every week. And he said, man, we spend about 45 minutes. We pour over the word of God and we disciple one another. And I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a great idea. Uh, no matter what it is, but you really need to set time for discipleship. Cause what I find out is it is hard to just to, to, on the fly. Cause we get busy, you know, our phone rings, you know, we get on social media, whatever it is, it's hard unless for me, it was hard unless I scheduled that time to intentional disciple, but don't be discouraged. Everybody doesn't just show up whenever you decide to set time. You have to be intentional, but here's what I would do. If I didn't have people to meet with, if I didn't have uh, counsels or people to disciple or people to coach, whatever I was doing at that time, then I would then pour over it right now. I'm reading the 21, uh, 21 Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. So I would open that book. I'd know what I'd be reading at all times. I'm not just reading the word of God. I'm finding something else to read. And by the way, I've read even, and I know this may shock some people, but I'm sorry, get ready. But I've read some secular stuff on psychology and helping people so I can understand how people are being helped. And sometimes there's even tools in that because I don't want to shut myself off to only reading super hyper spiritual books. But 95%, 90% of what I read uh, probably, yeah, probably one out of 20 books are secular. The rest are, are, are spiritual, but John Maxwell, one of the books that I'm reading, he has more of the, the secular spin of it, not a lot of scripture in it. And then he has the biblical one because he also coaches people in businesses and things like that. But that's what I'm going through right now. So that's what I would spend that block time doing is, is doing, because what I find is if I try to do my reading every morning, every night, it doesn't happen. But if I'll schedule that on a weekly basis, it'll happen. I call that block scheduling. But, you know, here's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. The last thing that Jesus said, he said, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. That's the commandment. 
So discipleship isn't an option to choose. It's a must to do. And I think that's important when it comes to discipleship. Get some practical ways in your life, you know, that you can do it. And by the way, if it's not happening, if, if you if you keep wanting to disciple or you keep wanting to be discipled, you have to ask yourself, what's the roadblock here? What What's the resistance? What am I doing too much of? What am I doing not enough of? Why am I not getting discipled, A, or why am I not setting time to disciple someone else? Because it's a commandment in the Word of God. And it's very important, like I said in the scripture, but Jesus emptied himself and, and came in the form of a servant. And then and then it goes on to say that he became obedient even to the death of the cross. And so this isn't an option. This is what we do in obedience to make a decision to follow Christ, to dying to ourselves. The Holy Spirit comes and assists us. And that assistance isn't made just to absorb these things of God. But the Holy Spirit is in us to empower us to do what? To be witnesses to all men. So we are to be witnesses. It, the, the witness part of Christianity is, is a necessary. It is a byproduct of a choice that we made to receive the grace of God on our hearts. And so that empowerment, you'll never truly experience the fullness of the Godhead bodily until you die to yourself and you choose to minister to somebody else. It's the key to all finding your purpose. We, in our church, you know, it is no God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. You cannot find your purpose. You'll never be satisfied if you don't begin discipling someone else. It's a necessary part of your Christian walk. And I know people that are dying on the vine because they've never learned the idea of discipleship and discipleship is necessary, but I don't want to get too heavy, too serious, but it's real. And when you experience the, the, the living waters that flows from your belly, the scripture says, when you're helping somebody else, when you're ministering to someone else, you hear I, I, God has taught me more through teaching others than he has when I sit down to just receive myself. And let me say this about discipleship. When you read these materials, when you read books, when you read the Bible, there is something Dr. Caroline Leaf speaks about your memory. And, and it is something that when you, I believe it was her that quoted it. I read so much stuff. Sorry if it wasn't. But, 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 there, but there's something in the mind that one thing I learned whenever I went to school and I began studying things. And it, listen, it was, it was, I say school, it was a, it was a ministerial type degree and it was a great school. But, but I'm saying when I would go there, one thing that it helped me to remember was I wasn't just there to consume the information, to get more information, get more information, get more information. And when you read, be thinking, how am I going to apply this? Not just to my life, but also to someone else's life. I love the life application Bible. I love it because of how to apply it to your life. But where I think I've, I've gleaned as much from also is leadership Bibles. Uh, John Maxwell is one I'm reading now. So he's got a leadership Bible about leadership. And I love that in his Bible, it, 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 it allows me to say, okay, I'm going to use it for myself, but how am I going to use this for somebody else? And everything and your memory to memorize things, it's easier to remember when you think about how to apply them than if you're just reading it for information, you know, uh, if you, mental assent does nothing, but when you think about, okay, how am I going to apply this to me? But how am I going to use it to disciple someone else? And by the way, where am I falling short in this? I, I remember one of the scriptures I came across one time and I like, I had to have revelation because I was kind of in a frustrated period of my life. And, and, and I had been doing discipleship and counseling at the time, but 
But I, and I'd been discipled and I'd been to Bible studies and I'd been to Sunday school and I'd been to church Sunday, Wednesday and Sunday night. But I come up, I was kind of getting frustrated with my Christian walk. I was kind of just struggling in, in an area. And really the area wasn't really like sin. It was just frustration. I just wanted to be better. I wanted to do better for God. And I'll never forget it because I came to the scripture and it said, it says, cast all your care upon me because my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And I'll never forget thinking, oh my goodness. What's wrong with me? <laughs> my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And I thought, man, I, I'm a, I, had, I had like a crisis faith moment. I'm like, what is going on? I'm frustrated. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not doing good enough. It's not happening fast enough. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just in a place of frustration. I mean, I hadn't lost it. I mean, I was still in ministry. I was still working a job. I was still doing that and blah, blah, blah. But my point is, is I, internally in my spirit, I, I was having trouble. And so I had to take that scripture and pray over it. And, and cast all my cares upon you because cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. So I had to, I had to do that and cast my cares upon him and go through the process. And, and I did some fasting and, and pushed away the food plate and begin to pray and talk to God. And really in the meantime, I come to a place that I said, okay, uh, I, I'm going to have to experience more of a light burden because that's what the word of God says. And that's what I mean. When you come across the scripture, don't just read it for information, but there's information is one thing, but revelation is another thing. And sometimes when it comes to discipleship, we need revelation. We really need God to speak to us and, and get a burden to do this thing called discipleship. But having talked about discipleship, I want to move on to mentorship. And, and I don't have a lot of time here, but I want to talk about mentorship because that's another level. And I think this is a place, all churches are different. People do this different. And that's fine. But I want to tell you that, that my heart is. My heart is mentorship is a very important key part of what we do. Here's the key about mentorship, though. Mentorship is agreed upon by two people, the mentee and the mentor. And that's very important part of our Christian walk. We have to realize that, it, that we have to establish this relationship. Discipleship can be on loose boundaries, and you really don't know. And you can disciple this person, disciple that person, talk to this person, talk to that person, maybe at work, maybe at church, maybe whatever. But you, but really, you really need to come to a place with mentorship. And, and I believe this is an area that I lacked for quite a while in my life, that I had a lot of people I went to. I have a lot of support. I have four or five guys, pastors, a few of them are pastors, one of them as a counselor, um, but I have people in my life that I can go to and talk to for advice. Now, that's one thing, but that's not always mentorship. And I believe mentorship needs to take place more now than the church has ever needed to take place. We are in a changing, shifting world. And after COVID-19, the world is different that we live in now. And I believe mentorship needs to take a more in-depth role. And we're going to be intentional. Our church to be doing this here in this next year on some things on mentorship. But here's the thing. I had someone tell me the other day, they said, hey, um, I thank you for mentoring me. And I said, I, and, and listen, they might, they'll probably listen to this podcast and, I, and, and they understand this, but I said, no, wait a minute, I'm not mentoring you. And they said, why? I said, well, we've never had an appointment or established that relationship. I can't, you can't just tell me you're, I'm mentoring you and I don't know I'm mentoring you. If, if you, if you're being mentored, the mentee and the mentor, the person doing the mentoring and the person receiving it, it's an established relationship. And, you know, in AA, you know, they call them sponsors. That, that's one form of mentorship, but mentorship has agreed boundaries. Where are we going? Where's this start? Where's this end? How many times are we going to meet? What's our goal? It doesn't have to be super hard boundaries, but we're going to meet once a month, once a week, once, because I can't meet with someone once a day. Uh, there's not many I can meet with once a week, but I can meet with some people maybe once a month or once bi-weekly, whatever it is, but those have to be established and mentorship 
That's coming. That's when you're going to take the discipleship a little deeper and come alongside someone to where they can walk you through the process. And I'll be honest, I think you'll probably have a lot less luck doing this or receiving this. Uh, some people are calling that life coaching. That's a huge thing from the coast that's happened in Kansas. We're a little behind everywhere else, but but they call it life coaching. And actually, there's you don't have to have a degree to be a you don't even have to have a degree to be a life coach. You can literally just be a life coach, and you can carry insurance. And it's a very it seems vague to most people, but but the rest, a lot of the rest of the world, and now Kansas too, is coming along that and saying okay. And people are paying life coaches anywhere from twenty bucks an hour to one hundred fifty bucks an hour. Some of it's online, some of it's on Skype, some of it's in person, but the but that's really what it is. It's mentorship, and this has happened in the secular world, but also the spiritual world. And but but there's a value on this mentorship to where this life coaching you coach in a specific area of your life. Now now I'm not interested in mentoring anyone unless it's on a spiritual area of their life. But there are business coaches and things like that that you can get. My point is, is this mentorship is a step further saying, I don't just want to be discipled. I want you to mentor me. And then and then you set uh, accountability areas. And that's why it's tough sometimes to get people to do it and receive it. Uh, I've learned a long time ago, I don't get nobody to do anything. I just kind of, I put out fires for, and, and where I am at in ministry. And then I see what God expresses and the burdens he gives me and the people around me. And I wait, you know, I wait for people. If people want to be mentored, they have to come to me and ask me. I can't mentor everybody, but I can sometimes set them up with someone that can mentor them. But but really, you got to establish that boundary. And I think mentorship is important. You establish, what am I helping you with? What kind of accountability is it going to be? I mean, I can't mentor you if you don't show up the first three times. Matter of fact, I can't counsel you if you don't show up three times in a row. Because that means you're not valuing my time or B, you don't understand the relationship and you're not and, and you're you're just not to the place that you really need it. Because if you need it, you'll show up. If you if you need if you need help, you'll show up. If you're hungry, you'll show up to the restaurant. But sometimes people think they they want mentorship and they even want discipleship, but they don't. They just want some temporary relief. But at the same time, you establish those. And not all mentorships are lifelong. You establish that. You know, let's try this. I would highly suggest if you're going to mentor someone, establish a time period. Let's try this six months. Let's try this three months. Let's try this one month. The The more times you meet, the shorter the time needs to be. The, the, the less you meet, the longer the time needs to be. But I think anything you do, I think it's a church, going to a church to see if it's your church home. I think going to a counselor, normally you'll know in the first time, You'll have an inclination if that's good for you, that relationship. But if not, I say try it three times and you're out. You try church three times and it stinks all three times. It ain't made. It ain't for you. I'm sorry. It's not. Now, if you've been there three years and all of a sudden you get upset about it, so that's a different story. But I'm talking about the first time you do it. If you go to a counselor and you went there three times and there's nothing happening, you're not seeing any growth, you're not getting any revelation, you're not getting any roadblocks removed to where you can overcome some obstacles, you need to find a different counselor. I don't care if it's me. Uh, that's the fact of the matter. Same way with mentorship. If you go three times and you're like, ah, eh, I don't really want to go to that. I don't really see the value in that. Then you've got the wrong mentor. Not that they're bad people, not that you're doing it wrong or they're doing it wrong. The bottom line is there's more people and don't waste time when something's not working. Uh, when something's not working, try something different. And uh, I think mentorship is a great place to, to end this. But discipleship is a commandment. I think mentorship 
is is needful and I think it's necessary, but I think sometimes we're not using that enough. Sometimes the systems aren't in place and even our church is not a great system in place and people know, how do I get mentored? But we're going to be working on that. So friends, I hope this topic's been good for you. I hope you really pray and maybe even do some fasting and ask, what can I do? What's my next step in being mentored, being discipled, or who can I disciple? And what's it look like for me? Where am I at in this? Can I go deeper? Can I go further? Because the truth is, if everyone reaches one, eventually the entire world will be saved for Jesus Christ. Until next time, friends, God bless and have a wonderful week.